Welcome to the Athlete Growth Coach Podcast. My name is Christopher Knowles. I am joined today by Matthew Lim, player at UCSD. He is a Big West All-Freshman Team player, North County Coastal League Player of the Year, San Diego Section All, San Diego Section All-CIF First Team player, AVCA Second Team All-American, and the accolades go, go on. I don't want to sit here for 20 minutes naming all his accolades, but for me, He's a longtime friend and competitor at Wave and a lot of high school games. We were friends off the court, but then once it came game time, it was it was battle trying to kill each other, which yes, was sir. amazing. But <laughs> so thank you, Matt, for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Chris. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, so basically how this breaks down is ask kind of some of the questions that I'm curious to learn, but also most of the questions that most young athletes go through and we went through ourselves. So yeah. going to dive straight in kind of a little bit more of like the curiosity factor but what would you say is kind of the most important factor to maintaining like a high level of play right like you accomplished so many great things in high school and so now being in the college playing against like basically grown men how would you say you've maintained kind of that that level of play yeah I think um I mean you obviously you gotta love the sport there's no way around it you're gonna have to put in a lot of hours you have to put in hours not even on the court but in the in the weight room in the gym uh taking care of your classes staying on top of everything so that you can perform your best when you're on the court and um and for me i think one of the biggest things uh is my faith i'm a christian so uh that gives me a lot of purpose um to do everything excellently so uh you know because i believe that god is the one that blessed me with my talents and the opportunities uh, I'm just trying to do the most I can with what he's given me, um, ultimately, for his glory. So, uh, yeah, that's something like that I would encourage younger athletes with is find something that's going to drive you beyond just the sport itself. Because when it gets when it gets tough, um, when you're not seeing the progress, it can be really helpful to be reminded of those things that outside of volleyball um, that are kind of the reasons why you want to work hard and, and continue to improve within the sport. Mm, I like that. Cause I think it's, it's harder for like the younger athletes, especially today to grasp of like, there's gotta be a bigger mission. You know what I mean? That yeah. like you're striving towards. And I Definitely. think that was, I think that was kind of instilled in us at wave. And the fact of like, Jed was like, Hey, we're here to become great athletes, but also like the main objective is to become great people. You know, and it's exactly. like, that's what I aim to do with this is like share the lessons of like, Hey, like, it's great to succeed as an athlete, but it's like, how can you use success as an athlete to become a great person as well? And so like, I like that of like, it's, there's gotta be like that higher purpose, that, that greater mission than just like accolades and stuff. Cause it's going to get tough. So you, you kind of touched on like the training outside of it. So what would you say is kind of like, would you say there's a point of like overdoing it with the training outside? Like, can you work out too much outside of the regular practice and training what you do? Or is it like get in as much work as you can behind closed doors? Cause that's what really counts. Yeah. I think there's definitely got to be a balance there because obviously, you know, if you, if you're really looking to get that step up on everyone else, you're going to have to put in something extra. Um, but mm. I would never allow um, the work that I'm putting in in my sport to, to come above uh, my higher priorities, which is my faith first and foremost, and also my family and the people close to me. Um, I think uh, this reminds me of like uh, a story I heard about Kobe, uh, where you know, like he obviously was one of the guys that put in the most work outside of outside of practice time, 
um, and behind closed doors, but he would never let it get in the way of, he had a certain time blocked off that he would spend with his family. Um, and, and so instead of sacrificing his family time, he would sacrifice his sleep. And he just, he, mm. that was non-negotiable for him. So I really respect that because even someone like Kobe, who's like really well known for having, you know, that Mamba mentality and, <laughs> and really just, um, just grinding whenever he, even when he outside of practice time, outside of the weight room time, um, even he had his priorities straight that he wasn't going to let basketball interfere with his family time. So I, yeah, mm. I think it's definitely super important to make sure um, <clears throat> that, you know, whatever sport you're playing, you know, that's not, um, or I, I recommend it not being the most important thing in your life, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Mm, gotcha. And so you, you touched on like the non-negotiables there. Like, of course, non-negotiables is like purpose, family, but like, what would you say some things when it comes to the actual sport, like volleyball, like what are some non-negotiables that you've seen people, maybe they compromise and they like fall up or they have a rough time? Like what are kind of like just a couple things that need to be non-negotiables when it comes to actually like performance, like as a sport, like, I, I mean, as an athlete towards your sport? Sorry, can you, um, can you repeat the question? Yeah. So basically just kind of like some non-negotiables, like, like negotiating with yourself of like, should I go out this weekend? Right. Or non-negotiables mm -hmm. of like diet health, oh, right. Yeah. Or gotcha. like the people you hang around, things like that. Oh yeah. I think all those things that, that you mentioned are, are definitely non-negotiables. I think if you're trying to be an excellent athlete, um, there's so much off the court that you have to take care of. Uh, I remember, mm -hmm. you know, you remember every, every Saturday morning, you know, that, that early morning, 5 a.m., <laughs> got to get up to Anaheim for the tournament. And, yep. you know, that gives you a choice on Friday night. What are you going to do on Friday night? Like, are you going to go out and stay up late or eat a bunch mm. of junk food? I mean, Jeb would always be honest about the junk food and stuff too. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, how are you preparing yourself physically and mentally even the day before, a couple of days before, like, uh, like hydrating? Um, I think if you're, if you're really serious about being excellent, like these are things, like these are easy things that you can control that like, it might just make a little bit of impact on your performance, but that little bit could be the difference between, you know, being, being great and being excellent, you know? So I think mm. those are definitely things I started to consider kind of as I, as I went along, like, how am I going to take care of my body better? Um, like, how am I going to feel it better for these tournaments? Uh, and I think I definitely saw that make a big difference. That's awesome. I, I think that's so true. It's like, especially with today, I think that's what's a little bit lost as well as like the, the discipline off the court equals your discipline on the court, you know? So it's yeah. like sports is not only a direct reflection, but like a, a magnifying glass on like the person you are, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, if you're kind of mean to people off the court, then you're a jerk on the court. Right. And, but then it's like, it's like if you're did I cut out there? Sorry, I uh, edited a little bit right there. Oh, yeah, but you're good. um, but it's like if you're a really giving person and you're all about others, then on the court, like you are like one of the greatest teammates, you know. Yeah. But I think the the one exception to the food thing is like if your coach offers you high chews in the middle of a tournament, then you're fine. like <laughs> exactly. everything else yeah. is not Shout everything else is fine. <laughs> but yeah, awesome man. Well, so another question for you: What would you say? Kind of more on like the college side. What would you say is like the number one lesson you learned from the recruiting process? Yeah, I think the recruiting process is like when, when friends that aren't athletes, maybe when they ask about 
how that worked out i i kind of compare it to to kind of like dating or like when you're kind of look you know you're looking for someone you kind of like a lot of times like we like to think oh people are just going to find us but truth is you kind of mm. got to be a little bit proactive about it if you're really looking you know you got to have that confidence you got to have that like a little bit of boldness and just get your name out there you know so i think mm-hmm. I, I mean, we were blessed that wave. We had so many coaches to kind of help us along with that. But I know not everybody comes from a club like that. So if you're really someone looking to get your um, to get noticed, you really just got to be persistent. You got to be emailing coaches uh, consistently, mm-hmm. sending them highlights, and um, and yeah, following up with them too. Like, don't just send one email and then you know they might not respond, and then just you're like, oh, they're not interested. Like, be persistent. <laughs> like. That, like I think that's the best advice I can give to someone trying to get noticed um, mm-hmm. who maybe feels like they're getting overlooked or maybe you don't play for the biggest club um, or have the most connections. You got to be really persistent and then, um, and yeah, and handle all those things off the court that we talked about. Um, give yourself that extra edge so that, you know, maybe your highlights in your, in your film or in your highlights, you, you know, you're just that little bit better that, might stand out to one of those coaches and then yeah and don't be afraid of rejection too <laughs> yeah you're gonna get told no a lot yeah if, especially if you, the more you send the more no's you get oh, for yeah. sure but i think so i'd I've, I've asked this question uh before but i want your take on it of like we were super blessed to have like someone like kp and like coaches kind of vouching for us so we could be doing our thing and they would be putting our name out there a little bit right yeah. but it was still a little bit on us so what would you say to an athlete like that who might not have the recruiting coach or like coaches don't really vouch for them, like they're kind of on their own? How can a player like that set themselves apart? Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage, um, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen. So mm-hmm. I think you you uh, just got to be like extra diligent compared to the person with those resources. You got to be extra on top of your emails and and um and if you don't have like coaches that can vouch for you like we did um then you gotta really make sure that you're letting them know at your tournaments at the big tournaments like hey like my name's matthew i'm playing on at this court on at this time um Mm -hmm. like i would really appreciate if you could come and watch and you know maybe you don't even have someone to help you craft that email um but i'm sure there's plenty of resources online i mean you got a great resource right here um, to ask questions to and um, and yeah, just really take the opportunity. Don't be afraid of um, of if they don't show up to your court or if they don't watch it highlights. Because just the more emails you get out there, the variety of programs, D one through D three, NAIA. Like there's plenty of schools out there, plenty of coaches. Um, just cast as wide of a net as you can and and follow up the best you can too for sure i I think also with the especially with the emailing i like to like kind of instill in players the thing of like setting yourself apart by being a little bit more personable as well yeah. you know yeah like it's like once you start developing that relationship first and it's like hey i'm gonna be here at this time you know right but it's like if you start off the jump with that of like they don't even know who you're on you're asking them to come to your court mm-hmm. right it's kind of like Hey, asking to, like your relationship thing is like, hey, asking them to be your girlfriend on the first date, yeah, you yeah. know. So it's like build the connection of like 
being more personable of like, Hey, like I saw, I've, I've said it with Max was like, Hey, I like, I saw your daughter accomplish this thing. Or it's like more in tune with them to like, they look at thousands of emails. It's right. got to be like, what are you, what are you doing to make them stop and read your email? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, the look I, of I it, think that's whatever a great point. Be. Like, I think just some ideas of like something that could help you uh, get set apart. I remember one time the Stanford coach, uh, when I went to their camp, one of the things that he said was they really like looking at dual sport athletes or multi-sport athletes. Like maybe mm. even throw in a clip of, of you playing your second sport or maybe, um, or I think, you know, another great thing that can set you apart is how you perform in the classroom. So maybe um, putting something mm. like your, your GPA or, or kind of um, some test scores um, can really help set you apart because, but yeah, I agree, like you said, you know, they're going to get a lot of emails. They're going to get a lot of people. And um, especially if you're from a smaller club or somewhere with less resources, you, yeah, you definitely got to find something that is going to set you apart a little bit, get your foot in the door, and then go from there. For sure. That's great. I wouldn't even expect a, uh, a college coach to say you should be playing two sports at once. Yeah. That's actually pretty crazy. Yeah. But, like, I, it makes sense, the messaging with it, too. That's insane. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, that's, I think that's super helpful, but also, so a little bit more switching kind of into like the, the mindset side. So how has your mentality kind of developed from, let's say like three different stages? How was your mentality when you were like going in the club? How was your mentality kind of the, the gap between club to college and where is it at now kind of at the college level? Yeah, it's definitely evolved so much. So, uh, when I first started playing club volleyball, I was in eighth grade and I, and prior to eighth grade, you know, I was a big basketball guy. So that was kind of my thing. And so uh, switching over to volleyball was, it was very new to me. So um, I guess, I mean, Chris remembers this. I mean, we uh, we joined the 14s team at Wave. And that was a team that was already had, that already had a lot of good players. So we were kind of the new yeah. kids on the block joining that team. And I remember being super intimidated at first because I was brand new to volleyball and playing with these kids that have been playing for years and, and won one of the top teams in SoCal. So um, I, I think, you know, it took a little bit of time for that confidence to kind of come because um, at first, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't playing a whole lot. I was just kind of getting used to the sport. Um, and I think early on in club, I had a lot of, issues with confidence. I remember going to my, uh, my ninth grade, uh, like high school volleyball tryouts and, you know, you, they split up the courts and they're like varsity JV freshman. I remember <laughs> like, you know, I, I was definitely good enough for varsity at the time looking back. Um, and I, I proved that later on in that season, but, uh, at the tryouts, I, I was like, Oh, like, like, I, I hope I make JV like, if not, I at least have freshmen, you know, so I went to the JV court and I was like, okay, that's, um, I was playing with like older kids, but I was like, okay, like that's pushing myself. Right. I didn't even think to put myself on the varsity court. So that's kind of where I, I was at confidence wise. Obviously as that season evolved, I, I got pulled up to varsity and then became a varsity starter by the end of the year. But yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, I think that kind of shows where my confidence was at like early on. And then kind of, as I started to, gain more experience, train harder in club and start to see those results. I think that definitely contributed to my confidence. Um, and then, 
yeah, kind of in between high school and college. Um, I think it was a super crucial time because I knew that, you know, college was a major step up from club. So I really hit the weight room hard. Um, I really played a lot of beach and tried to get into open gyms and just try to mentally prepare also for not being the best player on my team. You know, I was the UCSD team I joined last year had, um, had an all American outside already had it. I mean, Ryan caused the other outside. So I got kind of came in with the mentality of, you know, I'm just going to work my butt off. And if I get on the court, then that's great. And I'm going to, um, and I'm going to just play with as much confidence as I can. So that was kind of, uh, going into college and then, you know, the my first season started, my freshman season started at UCSD and, and yeah, um, it's kind of a weird season because, you know, COVID was still kind of affecting everything as well. So we had a few players uh, enter the COVID protocols and kind of, and then we had another player get injured and kind of the door slowly opened for me to, to get in there. And, um, and when I did get my chance to play, it was, my mentality was, you know, like I'm a freshman, I'm a bench player. No one's expecting anything of me. I'm just going to go out there and play as hard as I can. Um, <laughs> and that was a great feeling because I felt like if I messed up, everyone was, no one would really cared. It was like, oh, you know, he's a freshman. He's young. He was learn He's learning. Um, mm -hmm. So I was re really able to play, you know, my brand of volleyball. Um, I had great teammates all around me, like a lot of senior guys that had been around the block. So they were kind of showing me the ropes and, and it was honestly just super fun. I got to play super free volleyball and and the whole time you know my mentality was you know, i'm just gonna play confident because i've got nothing to lose i got nothing to prove um so yeah that's kind of how my mentality has evolved i guess now being a sophomore um you know i obviously dealt with a lot of injury this year so didn't get to show it off on the court as much but even when it comes to um to recovery and how i'm trying to get better from my concussion right now, it's a lot of the same mindset. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be committed to, um, to just doing everything you can to, to mm -hmm. improve, to get better, uh, physically. And then, you know, when I get back on the court, I'm, I'm going to have that same mentality of, you know, no one expects anything of me. I'm coming off an injury. Um, I'm, I'm going to be there to prove a lot of people wrong. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I really love the fact that you touched on confidence so much because that 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 was where our freshman year was a little bit different is my freshman year. I came in and I was like, hey, like I'm good enough to be on this varsity team, right? Mm -hmm. Like San Marcos wasn't the stature that it is now and it definitely wasn't Tory Pines level, but I still had the confidence where I was like, hey, like I've worked in club for a couple seasons now. I can play on this varsity team, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to try out with varsity team and made it, right? So I think that's the thing is like, it's all, it's mainly just confidence, like the belief that you can actually do it or like you are capable of like achieving that level of play, whatever it might be. But also I think that was a great thing to bring up as well as like, how have you, like, how have you been able to stay sharp and kind of stay in it through injury? Cause like I went through a couple ankle injuries where I was out for six weeks, right? Yeah. Like some kids have knee problems, ankle problems, like their shoulder. So it's like, how, what would you say is kind of like a little bit of advice of like getting through injury and like sticking with it? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the physical part is really hard just being away from the sport. You know, if you love the game, it's going to, 
it's going to either way you, the longer you're out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think committing to rehab, whatever, whatever you can do uh, to get back a little bit quicker, especially as a younger athlete um, where, you know, you have a limited time maybe of when coaches, scouts are going to see you, you know, you got to be committed to, because even an extra week of getting on the court, you know, a week earlier than you're projected, uh, maybe that's an extra tournament and maybe that's an extra chance Mm. for a coach to see you. So you really got to take that stuff seriously. Like, um, you know, Ankle injuries are really tough, right? Because you, you lose a lot of mobility and that's, you know, a super common one in volleyball. Um, but like, what are you going to do to, you know, not only take care of it right after you're injured, but as you're kind of recovering, like I remember I had an ankle injury over the summer, actually. So I remember tracing the alphabet with my foot, you know, uh, like a million <laughs> yeah. times to kind of loosen up that ankle. And yeah, and you just got to be committed to that. But I think the other aspect of that is like kind of the mental side too, because it can be really discouraging um you know you're training so hard um and all all, like just like that like it seems like all that training went to waste and you're Mm. you're not able to show it off you know like that can have a huge effect on on your mental game so i think that's when what we talked about earlier about having um having those other priorities in your life too and you know your sport not being the top one like Find those things to be thankful mm-hmm. for. Like maybe for me, it, it was spending more time with my church family, spending more time with my uh, my actual family. And um, and like those things gave me a lot of joy and uh, and, gra- and I had a lot of gratitude through that time, even though, it, you know, it's still tough being away from the court. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, you're, if your entire value and your entire worth is just all in your sport, like if that gets taken away, then you're going to be in a really tough spot. So make sure even if you're not injured right now, like how are you building those relationships outside of volleyball that are going to um, allow you to, you know, still be thankful uh, even if, you know, you, you're working through injury or, or any other um, like obstacles too. For sure. I really like that. Cause I think it's, it's also the, it's just the message of like doing whatever it takes, you know what yeah. I mean? Like not rushing it, but it's like, if it's just like, oh, it's it's the wait and see mentality, how you talked with like college coaches too. It's like, if you're just going to wait and see how long it takes to heal, then it's probably going to take longer. Mm-hmm. But it's like doing it, like it, it might be tedious. It might be boring, but it's like getting back to 100% matters most. But then also while you were saying all that, I was thinking about it. I was like, it's also prevention of it too, of like stretching. Right. I've seen like a lot of stretches actually prevent the chance of like rolling ankles. Because like, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but in practice, our teammate Marcus Hyder like stepped on a ball and I think I saw the bottom of his shoe. That's how hard his ankle rolled. And he walked off fine because he stretches so much, plays so much beach, right? Like I saw the bottom of this guy's shoe and he walked it off and played the rest of the week. And I was like, how? Right. So it's, it's even prevention like that too, of like not even being in that situation. Right. Definitely. But that is completely true of like, it's got to be, there's got to be something outside of that to like even take your mind off the injury, right? Like the church family, like religion, it's got to be a hobby, school, whatever it might be is like finding that thing for you for yeah. sure. I love that. Awesome. Well, so what kind of talking a little bit more about your opinion on things of like, what would you say, what would you say are kind of three like fundamental things that, that separate good players from great players? And this is, 
is this volleyball specific skills or just kind of like things in general a volleyball like kind of volleyball specific but also maybe even like if it's just like an athlete mindset thing but yeah mostly a little bit more geared towards volleyball okay yeah um I think the first thing that comes to I'm going to speak, I think, primarily to, to outside hitters, especially since I'm an outside, but um, you got to be able to pass because, you know, at the, at the club level, you know, there's so many players that are physical and, you know, they can hit the ball really hard. They can create those highlight real type plays. But one thing <laughs> that coaches are really looking for from an outside is can you pass? Because, if you can show off that you can pass at a high level in club, then that's going to translate most of the time pretty well to college because, um, you know, the, the jump is very big in like the speed of the serves from college uh, and club. Like the gap is huge. Mm-hmm. Like I got to college and people were bombing 70 mile per hour serves. And I was like, <laughs> the fastest I saw in club was probably like maybe 60 max. And yeah. it's a big difference. So like, if you can't pass, well in club then you know it's going to be a steep learning curve when you get to college so i think passing was the Mm. number one skill that i was like when i was in club uh was like this is going to help set me apart um in my in my film and don't neglect uh, including passing highlights in film like i I included (laughs) passing highlights in all of my film i think coaches really want to see that because there's so many guys out there especially outsides that can yeah, they can bounce at 10 foot line. Um, but what coaches want to see is how are you handling uh, these more routine serves so that when you get to college, you can really focus on you know, learning how to handle those fast serves. But if, you, if you're even struggling with the, with the routine serves in club, then not only when you get to college are you going to have to work on those, but all of a sudden you got way faster serves coming at you. So I definitely think if you're, if you're a club outside right now, like really focus on becoming a better passer and what I love about passing too is that you can work on that with just one other person. Like you get, you ask your coach to get to practice a little bit early um, and hit a bunch of down balls at you or float serves at you and you just wrap it out. And that's what I did hmm. when I was in club is uh, we would have those Saturday morning practices and I would ask Daryl, Hey, like, can you get there a little early so I can get some passing reps? Uh, so I, I can't stress passing enough for the, for outside hitters, especially and mm. yeah, I think, um, I think secondly, I think just showing that you're tenacious on defense, um, like this was mm. something that, you know, I never thought defense was necessarily like my strongest, uh, like skill, but you know, when, when you're, when coaches are looking at your highlights, you know, they want to see somebody that, uh, isn't afraid to lay out for a ball that isn't afraid to. Uh, mm. to jump over a seat, if, uh, jump over a chair if you have to, you know, like they, <laughs> that's the kind of mentality that um, is going to translate well to the college level because I think coaches understand, you know, on the technical aspect, there's still going to be a lot of things that are going to have to improve um, when you're in club. Like your your technique might need some tweaking or, or um, your positioning mm-hmm. on defense might need some tweaking. But one thing that is going to carry over for sure is like, is your mentality playing defense like how much do you really want to keep this ball off the floor um and so that's an outside tip but that's you know libero oppo uh setter like coaches are going to look at that so uh, especially you know mm-hmm. at these tournaments when coaches are watching the whole game like what's like they they're going to be able to tell what your attitude is towards defense 
and if you yeah. are a player that wants to get down and dirty. And let's see, for for a third thing that I recommend people focus on, um, this is a little bit outside of volleyball, but I, I definitely think it helps to spend some sort of time in a weight room. Um, mm. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that you have to, like, like bulk or get to some certain amount. I mean, you know, yeah. me and you, we were both on the lankier side, but, you know, uh, so you definitely don't have to be, like, this bodybuilder type guy to be a good volleyball player yeah. at all. But I think even for the mobility aspect, which we, which we touched on, like, I think weightlifting, um, like, is great for that. Like, if you look up exercises, there's so many resources out there that are, like, volleyball-specific exercises that will help you get a little bit stronger, but also just allow you to maintain your mobility. Um, yeah, I can't recommend that enough because I saw so much improvement um, from my game when I started to work out with a trainer. Um, and even mm. if you can't afford a trainer or, or that, that's not an opportunity for you, like I said, there's like a lot of resources for free on, on the internet, on TikTok, anywhere you can find um, to find exercises that are going to make you jump higher, hit the ball harder, uh, stay healthier. Um, I definitely think, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be like five days in the weight room, like just grinding all the time. Um, but, you know, for me, it was like two or three times throughout the week. Um, and just, yeah, I think that's a big part. It's something that's going to set you apart a little bit from the rest of the competition too and help you get to that mm. next level. For sure. I love all three of those. And I think especially with the weight room thing, it's like even if you can't afford a gym membership, whatever it might be, it's like if you have 20 feet of open space anywhere around you, it's like there is so oh, yeah. many different things like agility and all that stuff. But I think that's the thing is like whether it's different sports and especially for volleyball, it's like just train for what you need to be capable of doing. And then like the physique that comes with that is kind of what you have to deal yeah. with. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, exactly. unless you want to like lurk a certain way, but it's like, I feel like it's the thing of just train for the things that you need to like jump higher. Like the back needs to be stronger to be able to hit harder. Right. But then it's like, whatever comes of that is kind of what it has to come. Right. With, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think that's what I, I was thinking about that in college of like, it's like the physique that comes whatever with whatever training you're doing is what you have to deal with. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You can't really develop this like God tier physique and then be like an amazing volleyball player. Like I've never really seen it. You know what I mean? It's always guys with huge legs and then like really toned arms because they can just like hit the heck out of the ball. But I think that's true too. But I think I was also thinking about like, it's also what you like didn't say. It's not like I was like, what's the three things? Like, oh, you got to hit really hard. You got to be super hype, right? It's like, no, he said passing right and being good on defense yeah. right and that's completely true because it's like there is no set and there's no swing without the pass mm. you know like that like from a couple of my club years like that was 110 percent my downfall of like not getting those passing reps in so then it's like the what you're saying with the college coach is like it's that trust that hey like when matt goes in we know he's capable to pass right, right? the because it's a lot of it is like the confidence coaches have in you like and the ability of what you have so if you can show hey I'm good at passing and I'm a great hitter and I'm a good blocker, then it's like they have the confidence and the trust in you to go out and do that. Yeah, for sure. But I just thought that was interesting. Like he didn't say like, if you can bounce 10 foot line, that's what makes great players. No, it's yeah. defense and passing 
and having the endurance by putting yourself in the weight room as much as you can, right? Like that's truly what it comes down to, which was yeah. like amazing. Yeah, and real quick about the, about the hitting part too. Like, you know, I think bouncing 10 foot line, it might catch some coaches' eyes. Like I'm not saying like, oh, they're going to completely yeah. ignore that. But when you get to the <laughs> college level, like the opportunities that you have to just bounce straight down, like especially as a pin hitter, like they're few and far between, you know? You're always mm. going to have, almost always going to have at least one guy up there that's also massive and also taking away a lot of the court. So, like, it really becomes yes. a game of of hitting high hands, as you know, and and that's something you don't have to do as much in club or you don't have to focus on it as much. But, yeah, at the college level, it's all high hands. So, if everyone is kind of learning how to do that anyway when they get to college, don't worry too much about being able, about how, how far down you can bounce it. Mm-hmm. I love that because that's that is what's so caught up like I'll say it a hundred times but it's like so many young athletes see the highlights on Instagram and they think that's how every player swings but I was like dude that is one swing in a huge game right like especially with bigger blockers it's like the bounce balls rarely ever happen and if you go for it every single time you probably won't be playing for that long you know what I mean it's like it's those disciplined shots like I, I can't say it enough. And to hear it from like you and other players too, it's like that just solidifies it more of like, hey, the, the showtime stuff doesn't win games, exactly. right? It's like, how can you strategically get out there and be doing the right things, not the coolest yeah. things? You know, that's huge. Definitely. I love that. Awesome. Well, so final question, just kind of wrap this up with this last one. A little bit more of curious that I want to know, but I think it helps also with the younger players is like, if you could talk to like mini Matt, like if you can go back to mini Matt first year of club, what would you kind of like tell him? Like, what would you kind of like shake him in the shoulders? Be like, don't do this or do that. Right. Like what, what would you tell, tell mini Matt in his first year of club? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, when I think of mini Matt, I think of someone who was really thought that, confidence like I really only got my confidence from results and mm. I think if I could go back and and talk to younger me I would tell him you know like don't judge um or like don't gain your con- all your confidence from that like gain your confidence from like the work that you're putting in the process of it all um don't just because for me like it, it was like okay, I don't have the confidence, but I was a pretty good player, so like something good would happen, and I'd be like, that's where I would gain all my confidence from, and then I'd be like, okay, mm. now I can play at this level, and then, um, and that's kind of how it, how I built up my confidence, and yeah, I don't think it 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 necessarily like it worked out for me, but I don't think for most players like that's I wouldn't recommend it, you know, like I think you really have to mm. um, gain your confidence from the work that you're putting in and, and trust that and, and trust the hours that you're putting in and the process that takes, um, like all the things we talked about on and off the court, um, like trusting that, you know, I'm making these commitments, like in all these areas, like, like I, I'm going to have trust in those things. And because of those things, I'm going to play with confidence because if mm. you, if all your confidence is just based on your results, then that's that's an extremely like volatile confidence right like that's going to be a confidence that's here one game 
and you have a bad game and the next game you're not going to have any confidence. So you can really like, like I highly would advise my younger self to, you know, uh, don't have, don't have your confidence dependent on, you know, if you have a good game or bad game, or if you make that team or don't make that team, uh, cause you're just mm-hmm. going to end up get discouraged. You're just going to end up getting discouraged along the way. Um, but really just focus on, you know, what are the little steps you're taking? Um, what are the things you're doing? Like the small things you're doing every day, uh, to get better. And then when you get out on the court, like playing with confidence because you know, you've done all these things leading up to it. I think that's huge. I think that's something that took me a lot of time to learn that I don't think I even learned fully until like the end of my club years, like 17s, 18s. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a lesson I'm super thankful for because it's really, you really have to have that mentality in college, especially I feel like, because in college, you know, everybody is an elite athlete and, yeah. uh, and all your opponents are elite athletes. And, you know, there's going to be games where you're, where you swing negative and you're just getting blocked and housed and, you know, <laughs> and you're missing all your serves. Um, and I think, yeah, if you if you let that affect your next game, then uh, all that's going to end up with is you know leading to you on the bench because you're carrying over your your prior mistakes into your next game um, because your confidence was just wrapped up in oh how well am I playing? So yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's the the best advice I can give to my younger self and to all of those younger athletes out there. Um, yeah, don't have your confidence rooted in in your results that's awesome i absolutely love that that is that is just so perfect because it's like i when you were talking i was thinking about i, I don't know if you've seen that video of kevin durant but he was talking about how like he was putting in 10 times the work as all his teammates around him but they would still outscore him and do way better than him on paper mm-hmm. but then like when he started to become Kevin Durant is when he instilled confidence in that work. Yeah. Right. And then he just took off. Right. So it's not like, it's not always just putting in more work, but it's being confident knowing that, Hey, I can do this thing because I put in the work. Right. It's not, it's not deriving confidence from what you say you're going to do, but what you have already done behind closed doors and what you believe that you can be capable of doing because of that work. hundred percent. Like that, that is incredible. I love that. Well, awesome, man. We'll we'll catch up a little bit more once once we're done recording here. But I think that was super helpful. A lot of great lessons. But I think just the, my main takeaway is like the confidence thing. Like it's 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 so much a physical game as it is a mental game. Right. You know, like that can be your edge. And figuring out that edge is like, oh, is it actually the physical side or is it really like the mental side of like what I believe I'm capable of, the confidence, yeah. right? And like what what you think is actually possible for you as well right that that is absolutely huge but i appreciate you coming on man this was so helpful i think for so many young athletes if, if they listen to this for sure and like incredible lessons so i appreciate you coming on man we'll, we'll definitely catch up more after yeah, thank this thank you so much for having me yeah no problem man and then everyone listen to this if you have any questions or want any more kind of free content out there follow my instagram at athlete growth coach got a lot more posts and videos where I kind of post highlights from these as well. But definitely I'd say the 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 value is in the long form for the, these YouTube videos and podcasts for sure. So thanks again, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Awesome.